Okay, let me let me just do this thing because I've let other people say it and just not shut them up a few times, but it just need to bite the bullet here. Um, if you could go to your podcast app, internet browser, whatever you use to listen to this show and other shows, leave a, a like, a subscribe, a review. I'd really appreciate it. It'd really help us out. I'd like to know what you're thinking of the show. Um, I also have a YouTube page, YouTube backslash pa howdy i think but it's also in the description of the show um i'd really like to know if you're enjoying the videos or which videos are helpful or not helpful liking and subscribing i'm assuming you know how youtube works so yeah ch check them out i guess and now i have fully sleezed myself up uh we need to do something else really appreciate it uh let's go let's let's do something more fun okay thanks bye <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. Welcome back. So I know I'm meant to be churning out weekly content and I am at a depressingly busy rate, but that's not really how I make um, this podcast, I stick to general stuff. I mean, if you want to send me star sick questions for the podcast or anything like that, I'd be happy to include them or talk about anything that you want me to really break it down or look at any situations that you're interested in. I'm doing that for my DLF column, a weekly look at target share or role and usage per team who's over and under uh, expected as well as who should regress a little bit, a little bit of everything. The Dynasty Crossroads, right from the beginning, we never really intended to make a weekly podcast that dealt with weekly decisions necessarily. We were more interested in one subject at a time, breaking into situations, players, ways of breaking down player evaluations and from two different perspectives, or at least multiple perspectives, or since Jake left my perspective in depth, then I bring someone else on that I think can challenge it well. Um, so... I'm not, the the Dynasty Crossroads, like, I'm sorry if I'm on your playlist and you were just looking for waiver wire information or who to start and sit this week. It's just not really where my head's at with this podcast. By all means, hit me or the Dynasty Crossroads up on Twitter, at PA Howdy or at Dino Crossroads. Um, I'll be happy to know and include more information that you guys are more interested in um, on a weekly basis. But until then... It's really just kind of an open forum for me to discuss things that I think are relevant, that help us, that maybe improve our dynasty methodology, I guess, if I'm going to get real nerdy about it. So, my head has mostly been on what went wrong this time. And, and not really, I'm, I'm doing fine in leagues, don't get me wrong, but um, that's where my head starts to go week three four five and it's all going to get more crazy and i'm going to get more thoughts and focused on other areas but right now after three weeks i'm feeling pretty confident we know roughly where the tides are moving player usage wise who's the free squares who are grabbing off waivers that all seems pretty locked in we've got enough people helping us all out on different podcasts with different articles so my mind as it wants wants to do and kind of wanders somewhere else. And I guess this is as close as I can get to receipts or like showing off. Because I don't really do a lot of, hey, I've done this or I'm scoring this 
in waiver leagues or I've earned this many championships because I don't think you should and I don't think I care um, to really go at it that way. But I was thinking about breaking down my drafts. And so, like, since I've been sitting down for this data grinding session, knowing that I had to record a podcast, I've been planning to go through my drafts and just see what I got wrong as well as I can in hindsight just through for three weeks to get a sense of did I make mistakes or did I do well enough that I can write most of the variants off where the players I didn't capture the players I didn't draft to draft order that particular draft um or just variants you know at a certain point we can know so much and we can make so many good gut calls good guesses with as much of baseline information as we can know that does predict where the variance is and all that stuff, that at some point, it is luck. Every game has luck involved. Is it all coming down to luck now? Have I perfected this thing? I doubt it. Very strongly. Um, and I also doubt that I follow my process as well as I should every time. So even before I find out everything I need to know, I'm probably making mistakes, right? In fact, I know for a fact I'm making mistakes. So I, I'm going to do that thing that we really shouldn't do, or we don't do, I guess, which is talk about an individual team and an individual draft and see what went right and wrong, but from not from the perspective of here's my justification or here's, here's the player I missed on or what I should have done, because some of that's kind of a lie. Like, I should have drafted Josh Allen. Yes, but where did he go? And why didn't I take him before that? That's a different question than did I get it just outright? Did I draft the right team? And the one I've got in mind, the one I first wanted to break down, and I thought I'd kind of do it live, kind of recorded live, and then play to you later, hopefully, if you guys still listen this far, um, was just going through the team. Because I literally, I made that draft sheet that I gave out to everyone to literally track their own draft, and I didn't touch it since then. So... The, all the picks are in there with a live ADP and I can see where players went and didn't go and apply three weeks of knowledge to what happened afterwards. Anyway, I, th- I think it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm interested in it. And so we're doing it until I get told otherwise and doing things I find interesting. So I'm going to do that thing where I talk about one of my teams, which, you know, you don't care about and you shouldn't, but it's what I'm looking for. What? How did I do here? Um, and the main reason is because I'm not going to do well in the Scott Fishbowl. It's the Scott Fishbowl. There are too many people playing. And the ones that are really, really good, better than me, and get the luck, they, they're the ones that are going to do it, right? But through three weeks, I feel really great about my team. I'm 2-1, and one, though. So how do, can I feel great? That's not a perfect season. I'm not one of the top 100 scorers, whatever it is that list posts. I'm not getting over 200 points every week because I don't have Josh Allen, and you need him to do that, basically this year, um, or, or Russell Wilson, um, for different reasons, right? So, why am I happy? Well, I know, I'm scoring, I scored 149 points the first week, I haven't gone below that mark every other week, and my third week I scored over 200 points. Again, not even the best scorer in my division, but the team is solid. I know where the points are coming from, and they're fairly dependable. Like, my average is, like, 180 points because the last week, but, like, 150 points bankable week to week. Even in Scott Fishbowl scoring, that feels pretty solid. I got a real solid floor, and looking at my team, just thinking back to it, the first few picks off the top of my head, I was like, I don't think I made mistakes there. 
So what's going on? All right, so um, quick recap. Scott Fishball is a very unique scoring system. You might not be in that league, but it's a very public league. It has, I don't know, who, how many people now? Two million people playing in it? Something like that. All the money goes uh, to charity from sponsorship as well as, you know, you could you donate uh, when you sign up to play or when you get a spot or just regularly because it's really cool charity to donate to. In fact, this year, Scott Fish... Um, the genius charter, I guess, uh, behind it, um, said donate to any charity, not just his charity, which is um, uh, uh, Fantasy Cares. Um, and it's a marvellous thing. So check it out if you haven't before. But ignoring the wild scoring, it's a super flex league, so you, ha- you have to start two quarterbacks. It's got premium of some sort, so I don't have to dig into the scoring system this much. Running backs score a little bit more than they would typically, and tight ends get a little boost. Wide receivers are kind of undervalued. The real unique thing about it is that if a quarterback has a bad, and the scoring changes every year, but has a bad week, you can actually get a lot of minus points to the point that some of the bad quarterbacks in the league have literally produced minus scores at the quarterback spot in the Superflex League. So having good quarterbacks is what the scoring system's desperately trying to get you to prioritize, prioritize right? Now, as someone who typically, um, and my, um, I try not to overreach on quarterback, because even in Superflex or 2QB leagues, I try to get a lot of number two guys rather than overvalue those number one guys. It's my typical philosophy. Uh, it's an attempt to zig when others zag, right? Um, but anyway, that, that's a brief setting, so you know the landscape we're talking in. Now, my first pick was Patrick Mahomes. I picked third overall. Christian McCaffrey and Barkley went first, and I took Mahomes. Mahomes been, has been great this season. He's one of the reasons my team has this really solid floor. I'm really happy with the pick. I wouldn't change it. Um, who came after that that would be a great advantage to me? Now I know three weeks. Well, Alvin Kamara went three picks after me. I mean, it would be great to have that running back, but you all know, if you've listened to the off-season, right, uh, or any of my podcasts, you know roughly what I think of running backs and the repeatability and everything else. It's not that I didn't want Alvin Kamara if I was at that sixth spot. I think that was a really smart pick by the guy in the sixth spot. Um, Zeke and Lamar Jackson went between us, um, but he's getting a better benefit, really, at the running back position of Scott Fishball scoring. But... Patrick Mahomes has been doing wonders for me. No risk of minus points. Solid floor. In fact, he hasn't scored less than, you know, whatever it is. A top seven, I think. Quarterback finish every year, every week for the first three weeks. Yeah, I don't need to justify the pick right here. I didn't make any mistakes here. This seems fine. Um, Alvin Kamara would have been good, but it would have been a real reach uh, to get him there, honestly. So I, I just follow along with ADP was an extraordinary pick, and I don't really think I did anything wrong there. Davin Cook and Alvin Kamara coming after him, you know, they've worked out. But again, Christian McCaffrey and Swayco and Barkley, which before him, before me, both haven't worked out for the one and two place seeds, right? So yeah, that's a problem with running back, and these two guys um, that drafted Elliott and Kamara very correctly didn't get lucky, but they haven't suffered what uh, pick one and two did. So, and Mahomes didn't really have that risk. I feel real solid on it. Wouldn't change it. Let's see. My second pick was obviously at the end of the second round. I took Kyler Murray, a double-tap quarterback. And frankly, there was a little bit of an overreach, it felt like. Um, But he was actually two picks above where his ADP was. So a lot of people were selecting Kyler Murray around the end of the second round. 
And we got it right. I mean, this is awesome. We selected him. I selected him above Deshaun Watson, above every other quarterback. And Russell Wilson had already gone. So talking about the players you need to be scoring over 200 points every week, I had no way of getting Russell Wilson. He was already come gone when it came back to my second pick. And I took Kyler Murray, which is a bit of a swing for the fences. And I kind of feel like I hit it right now. He had a bad slash week in week two in week three last week he got some minus points because of those interceptions but he still scored me a solid 19 points in the scott fishbowl which really punishes bad quarterback performances so kyle murray's kind of been killing it kind of happy with the pick think i killed it here the players that went between that pick and my next pick were deshaun watson i think kyle murray was as solid if not an even better pick even though you know Deshaun Watson before the season we probably would have said was a lot more certain so I think I did I did pretty well there Kenyon Drake ha told you uh Julio Jones uh, and Tyree Kill and I'm yeah three weeks in I'm like yeah that's yeah it was I'm fine missing out on those players to have a really solid great kind of breakout season from Kyler Murray right now I'm really happy with it and um, my next pick was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, that one was consensus above average. Everyone that saw the team was like, that's a bit of a reach on a rookie. But Tyreek Hill went the pick before me, as I just mentioned. I kind of wanted co-variance or um, Patrick, more Patrick Mahomes points, right? Um, I wanted to invest in Kansas City since I'd already invested so heavily in it with that first pick. Again, you, you know basic this basic draft theory, right? So, like, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was that. Um, swinging for the fences. And honestly, pretty much feel like I killed it. The start of the third round with all those running backs rushing off the board. As Austin Eckler went before my second pick. I had no access to Austin Eckler unless I wanted to get him over Patrick Mahomes. Which, yeah, crazy. Josh Jacobs, same thing. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think, is the best running back available based on everything we knew right there. Through three weeks, that's born true, right? There's there's running backs like James Robinson, obviously, that have been better, but I wasn't going to take him in the third round or anyone else. Aaron Jones did come shortly after, and I love Aaron Jones, as you know, but you know a problem with predicting that situation. Aaron Jones would have been a better pick, but I'm not knocking myself on the head for it. Now, my fourth pick... So the very end of the fourth round, because I had to wait a long time because I was at the start of the... Had a very early pick. And was Juju Smith-Schuster. Have I killed it with that pick? No. Um, I wanted to switch really hard and really quick to wide receiver. I thought there was more wide receiver value in the Scott Fishbowl than people were really assuming. And frankly, too many running backs were going before the top 12 wide receivers went off the board. I got him at, uh, looks like, wide receiver 10 at the end of the fourth round i mean they're dropping late um i did take him six spots over where his adp is so i kind of reached on him and deontay johnson's been killing it and i'm not gonna hope he gets more volume now because deontay johnson had an injury and julio jones has been good like this draft is paid off through three weeks to have juju smith schuster but it's not the pick that's winning this season right it's he didn't jump back up to form like he was in that rookie season so hard that i feel like this is a guy you need on your roster to win such a massive tournament uh, or competition or whatever so overall it's fine but i definitely missed out on some value now between the two picks players that i would like on my team knowing three weeks jonathan taylor obviously but unless i wanted to pass up on clyde edwards hilaire I couldn't get Jonathan Taylor. And he went just before my next pick. So frankly, I nearly got to 
double them if I wanted to, or I would have had the option, but I didn't. And Todd Gurley went before, DJ Moore, DeAndre Hopkins is killing it, but that was a, um, a strong value at the start of the fourth round, so that guy just got a really good value. And again, I had no access to him. I, like, I think Juju Smith-Schuster was a pretty strong pick here. The guys went between me and my next pick there are Cam Akers. Unfortunately, that's not working out, but I do think it was a really strong pick. I'm not trying to suggest it wasn't. Like, that was the same logic as my Claire Edwards-Lair pick, but two two rounds later so I think it was a pretty smart pick it just hasn't worked out so didn't get the luck perhaps is what I'm trying to say that that guy's pick there and um so yeah I I looked out there um with Juju Smith-Schuster Cam Akers wasn't a big loss Alan Robinson love obviously but uh Juju Smith-Schuster's again had that solid floor Alan Robinson's had that one big week I think Alan Robinson's gonna be solid for this season I certainly don't feel better having Juju over Alan Robinson but like I don't think you know it was kind of a toss-up for me there anyway in ranks and it's fine I I reach on Juju Smith-Schuster I took my shot I'm fine with it Chris Carson went next and Odo Beckham I honestly feel like that's fine I I don't think my team would be better to have either of the any of those four players over Juju so even though this hasn't worked out I don't think I missed a lot doing it next pick I think I killed it guys like this might be my my best picks in this draft might be the running backs I looked into slash was able to identify at the available options in my draft. So Clyde Edwards Lair is working out and it was a longer shot and hopefully it will continue to. We've only done three weeks, all that kind of asterisks on it. But like I think that was a really solid pick for a guy who's not running back centric when so many running backs flew off the ball before I got there. Next pick, James Connor. And I know it was a rough start to the season with Benny Snell, but since Getting healthy uh, again, I guess, for a one-week injury. He certainly seems to have encouraged, been encouraged to come back because of Benny Snell. But, like, he's been really solid as a fifth-round running back in a league that prioritizes running back scoring. Like, if I didn't hit on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and James Conner, I'm not 2-1. and one. And that's just, like, I, th- I did well. Like, I don't think that was a mistake. I think that was a pretty solid pick right there. Um, it's probably one of my better picks here, even though he won't be one of my best quote-unquote players for the season. He's a really solid running back as my second running back when I've under-prioritized running back in a running back heavy scoring league. So I'm pretty proud of it, um, to be honest. Next up, Kenny Galladay, Daniel Jones. I mean, let me just run through. Who are the misses here? Who could I have had instead of James Conner? Who I need having waited so long on my second running back in the fifth round? Calvin Ridley is frankly the answer I I mean I'm seeing Darren Waller here obviously he's killing it and I expected him to but I was always gonna take tight end later because of my process and the way I think of drafts and the way this one was unfolding I just you know like I said I ended up by Connor and I just felt like I needed that chance and it worked out so I'm not I don't think I made a mistake not taking Waller not getting Ridley, he's a player who honestly is going to help people win leagues, even in the Scott Fishball. I think most lots of teams going to the playoffs in that mega thing. Again, I have Calvin Ridley. He's killing it. Um, I talked with Scott Simpson uh, over the offseason with him, like a few weeks ago, actually, and agreed he did have that potential, but I'm a Julio fan, man. I'm always going to leave the veteran, elite-level, rare talent, and he's been injured, but that's not why Ridley's going off. Ridley's just having his moment. Um, and he's going to continue throughout this 
career that's going to look spectacular. So Calvin Ridley is a miss. He's someone I want to have on my team this year. He would have been a quote-unquote league winner versus solid pick like James Conner. But can I really blame myself for grabbing a good running back and getting it right over taking a risk on a wide receiver when I've already rated to round five to get my second running back? Honestly, no. The guy who took Calvin Ridley actually reached about six picks according to ADP. So he's make a, he's made a great move there. I just didn't make that gamble and I'm not really mad at myself for doing it. So it's not I don't think I made a mistake here. I just didn't get the league winner this year that, you know, you you know we remember, right? It's only three weeks in. The difficulties, the challenges, how we felt about Calvin Ridley, lots of potential, but a wide receiver league winner? Fairly rare, you know? So anyway, David Johnson, A.J. Brown, poor guy, uh, David Montgomery, uh, no, none of these other players I feel bad not having on my roster. Now Cam Newton did go just before my next pick, so either I get those two running backs and or I triple tap uh, a quarterback with one running back. Like I think that's a pretty solid decision, but Cam Newton, like I, I was nowhere near low on Cam Newton this year. Um, for two years in a row, I've written how he's the only other quarterback in the league with top five potential that everyone isn't drafting inside the top 12. And uh, yeah, he, he's a New England killing it. I would love to have Cam Newton this year. I don't think it was a mistake not to take him whenever we've already taken two quarterbacks two, and I hit two solid running backs. So that's fine. Um, DJ Chark. Ha! Told you. Next one. <laughs> um, uh, Kareem Hunt. And that was a really weird pick for me. I'm not normally someone that lands in this region of running backs where I focus wide receivers typically. But in this league, I know I've left running backs too late given the scoring because of the need and the safety of quarterback and everything else. Um, And I hit again, three straight running backs. Like Kareem Hunt's been involved if like a solid running back two floor and shown running back one upside on this team this year. Now, obviously, Nick Chubb is still amazing, which is normally why I lean Chubb in this backfield, but Kareem Hunt's been killing it. Like, this was a really great pick in the sixth round for running back value in a league that values running back. Like, get out of here. Like, I'm not sad I made that pick at all. I think I hit it. Next pick might be my potential wide receiver league winner. I mean, it's not Calvin Ridley, but I got kind of that later, and I got Kareem Hunt with it. Like, I think I killed this, man. Uh, Tyler Lockett. No, don't need to say any more. I reached five picks on him, two positional ranks on him, according to ADP at the time. And so I really went to get Tyler Lockett. Killed it. I'm not sad about that at all. I made up for the wide receiver value I lost by this guy who made a really amazing pick in round five. And I did it in round seven. I'm like, pretty happy with that. And Gardner Minshew went quarterbacks were really early and heavy that's why we're already at Minshew in round seven I think based on the draft pattern that I went at like I'm those running backs with Tyler Lockett after them awesome where did I get what have I done wrong at this point it's just not hitting on that extra lucky stuff right I didn't get Calvin Ridley I didn't get Cam Newton I was never going to get Josh Allen but I had no access to him after drafting Patrick Mahomes I don't think too many people would tell you before the draft this year that they would have done that. And some of them are lying, I think. And some of them honestly just love Josh Allen. And they are right. They're definitely right. So can't throw so much shade anymore. Um, All right. My next pick was definitely my first bad pick. Do I stand by it? Was this a mistake? My eighth round pick was Brandon Cooks. 
going for that high value, high upside wide receiver play. Will Fuller could be injured. He's a guy with successive thousand yard seasons, Houston passing offense. At that point, just three weeks ago, really wasn't condemning the Houston offense like it has been since three weeks. Oh yeah, of course Houston isn't great, but it's still a passing offense with a great quarterback who their wide receivers have put up numbers. It just hasn't been Cooks. It was Cobb, has been Will Fuller when he's ever he's healthy. Um, but you know this this was a miss in terms of actual performance through three weeks. But I haven't seen, you know, Brandon Cooks be terrible. He could still come through for me. And I understand why I did it. Who did I miss out on to get Cooks? Jalen Rager? I mean, I love Rager. But, like, I was never going to take him over it. And it certainly hasn't been, like, one of these picks that you need on my team so far through three weeks. So, yeah, that's fine. Terry Bridgewater talked about how I was never going to quit quarterback after double tapping it. Julian Edelman, amazing pick. I mean, amazing pick. Maybe Edelman would have been a better pick than Cooks. But I was going for that high ADAR. I did not see Julian Edelman moving further down the field with Cam Newton. Um, so, yeah, I should have had Edelman overcooks if I could know the first three weeks in advance. So, yeah, I missed here. I, I, I wish I'd taken Julian Edelman overcooks. I probably could have got there with what I'd known. That's probably my first mistake. Taking a wide receiver who's good in a muddled situation over Julian Edelman. Clearly the one, for this year at least, in a redraft league. In a situation where I like the quarterback, just didn't know how much they were going to pass. Yeah, I, I think that's all narrative, right? I out-narrative myself here. I should have had Edelman over him. And my next pick is Austin Hooper. Okay, just missed. But remember, there's extra tight end value here. But I do consider this one a miss too. So back-to-back terrible picks. And the reason is that Jonah Smith went about five picks after I took hot. Hooper. Now, bear in mind, I reached four picks to get Hooper based on ADP. I got him exactly at the tight end rank, tight end 11, um, that he was being drafted in, but called the Scott Fishball ADP at the time. So I knew I was either taking him there or I wasn't going to get him. So I took him. Jonah Smith, however, the guy reached 16 picks and five positional ranks. So frankly, whoever's picking out of this nine slot just came and got his guy killed it now i'm very much on the books as a jonah smith trooper truther at like i've got him on dynasty teams experiencing mucho jonah smith love this season um and this guy just knew to reach for him i took hooper should have taken jonah smith in hindsight but yeah inside like liking austin hooper is a dynasty take not a 2020 take and i think i got in my own head here if I was going to reach on my next guy, it probably would have been TJ Hawkinson, who did go after Juno Smith, and that was around his ADP. So I would have had to reach a little bit more to get Hawkinson. And I probably should have, for 2020, had someone like Hawkinson or Fant, who I, in this on this podcast, had talked about how they're more likely to break out and have good seasons this year, in particular, than anyone else. And instead I went, you know, I've got a dynasty bias to players who are falling in value, who have proven they're good at the tight end position. This was a dynasty mental error. Um, I should have reached for Hawkinson or Fant. And the guy who came up and got Jonu, like th- that was a killer pick here in this ninth round. I was in, like all the dress in Scott Fishbowl, it was a really smart group. There's no one in here I think I'm honestly better than. And you know it's half quote-unquote fans, half quote-unquote people who are obsessive and write and do podcasts and content. Like, none of those fans knew less than me. They were, they all killed it in this draft, as I'm sure they did 
every Scott Fishball draft I've been in, there's there's no quote unquote fan that I feel better than or have a better knowledge base. And you know, picks like that just prove it. Um, other players I wish I had on my team right now, Michael Gallup. I was never going to get him based on how I was scared about his draft capital. And so far, that's proven true. He's still really good, but the team's leaning. It's too most highly invested wide receivers who are also really good. Even CeeDee Lamb as a rookie is having a great season this year. So, yeah, and again, I, I was hitting up tight end. I came back in the 10th round to get Philip Rivers as a quarterback because, again, I'm just locking it. I reach high on those second-tier quarterbacks in super flexes because I think people overvalue the top guys, undervalue the middle-tier guys, and then take too many shots at the guys who are less likely to be good. That's just me, though. Um, Phil Rez is a really solid third quarterback. I have not needed him. But twice in the Scott Fish Bar, I've seen my quarterback core just decimated. So I was, I still continue to take that third strong quarterback. And Philip Rivers is definitely that. He's not scoring like Murray or, or, um, uh, or Patrick Mahomes, but he's going to be a real solid fill-in. Hopefully no one gets injured, so I don't have to rely on him. But he's going to be a real solid QB3, you know, pretty happy with that. Uh, who did I miss out on? Deontay Johnson. Do I blame myself there? Was that a mistake? No, I think prioritizing that quarterback backup in the Superflex League is always a stronger move. But the guy who took John T. Johnson obviously got more value. So I had no access to him after I'd taken my running backs, taken a flyer on tight end at his exact ADP value. So I was either getting him or not. I do think that was a mistake because I should have taken Hawkinson or Fant instead of, even based on my preseason ranks. Uh, then uh, Hooper. But yeah, that's probably... My tight end position is a weak position I have, and that's a mistake I've made. That's the one I'm definitely blaming myself for. Um, Cooks, like I mentioned, bad pick, followed up by Hooper. Like, that was a nasty error in the draft for me, and my tight end position is now just weak. Luckily, I do have decent streamable depth, as we might get to. Depends how much I can talk about this. Um, pick 11, though, after Philip Rivers, I come back to another loss. So I've had three bad, quote-unquote, picks in four at this point now i killed the start of the draft which is really where you want to kill it but this mid-range is getting rough man christian kirk i know what i was thinking i think you probably know what i was thinking just maybe larry fitzgerald is a little faded christian kirk's continued to impress on a volume scale if not a production scale and again i took him one round after one positional rank after adp was taking him and one positional um, uh, pick value, pick literally the pick number that I took him at was one two three. He was on average being drafted at one two two. So I knew I was either taking him there or I wasn't getting him. Who did I miss on? Nikhil Harry. Damn it. Will Fuller. Double damn it. Um, Alexander Madison would have been great running back depth for me. James White. Unfortunately, he's had personal issues that were horrific this season. But yeah, even running back depth here would have been much better than Christian Kirk, frankly. Um, yeah, this was just a bad pick, I guess. But I did want to switch over to wide receivers pretty heavily. But if I did want to do that, I should have shot for the upside with Will Fuller. Maybe Brandon Cooks was what turned me off that. I can't hindsight get in my own head. That's just an excuse. But yeah, I mean, if I was going to go wide receiver, Kirk was not the one to go on. Just got it wrong here. So I, I'm going to want to think more about why I took Kirk and how I can improve that part of my process. But again, missed on Deontay Johnson. I couldn't have got him. Christian Kirk was, in my mind at that point, the best available. And 
straight off the rip, Nikhil Harry goes, Will Fuller goes, two people proved me very wrong. And someone took Jefferson Jefferson because they were betting on rookies this season. And I did it once and I chose the wrong one. This guy chose a good one with Justin Jefferson. Someone also chose McCall Harden, by the way. Ha, told you. I'm just going to do it quietly in the background from now on. Um, someone took Dallas Goddard. God damn, that's a good pick. I could have reached on Goddard and that would have been better than Christian Kirk. Like, a lot of mistakes here, you know? Um, so yeah, in this... Yeah, this midsection got rough for me, man. I just made some errors with Hooper in, instead of Hawkinson or Fant. And uh, Brandon Cooks just hasn't worked out. But I do still kind of blame myself because I like plenty of other wide receivers. Julian Edelman was right there, man. And Christian Kirk was a mistake over these other wide receivers. or even decent running back depth here. I was just in my head about draft patterns. And I wanted to go back. I wanted to go wide receiver. And um, that's made me miss some really good value here. Let's see, my next pick's Jack Doyle. Through one week, it looked good. Then he got injured, so I can't really blame myself. Mo Ali Cox, who I think I have on the Scott Fishbowl now, will insert him here and his stats. And I've been doing well. This pick worked out, I guess, if I can insert the waiver wire pickup I came up with to replace it. Next, I took here Eric Ebron. I definitely don't blame myself for peppering the tight end position after waiting a couple rounds between Hooper who hopefully at this point I realized was a bit of a dynasty snafu in a redraft league. And um, who did I miss out on? Chenault, Tate, Latavius Murray, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, I feel fine with that. Um, I should have gotten my wide receivers where I got Kirk, and I just missed that. So this wasn't the point that I should have. And Eric Ebon's been streamable. And in this league, like there are no waiver wires to talk about. Except for the breakouts we didn't see coming, like Morale Cox and James Robinson. So, yeah, locking in those extra tight ends, I think, is a solid move. Um, I didn't get CeeDee Lamb because of it, though. Chris Herndon, Tony Pollard. Yeah, I don't think I missed on too much down here by peppering that tight end position. I did not get Ryan Fitzpatrick because of it. But again, my constant excuse here is if I go quarterback so heavy so early, I'm not going to get the Ryan Fitzpatricks, and I'm comfortable with that. It, it's not... Why my team isn't one of the best in the leagues, you know. Um, next pick, Curtis Samuel. So I did go back to wide receiver here again. I missed again. And right after, again, someone took Antonio a Anthony Miller. Uh, like, that would have been a better pick there. I think even now, knowing that Anthony Miller was a better pick here. Because someone took Devontae Freeman. Decent shot, but too high for my liking and Antonio Brown same story I think there was a news article around the time that made them think maybe it was just about to happen but anyway it didn't so that was definitely a reach and then Greg Olson so Curtis Samuel isn't bad compared to everyone else that went between my two picks but Anthony Miller was a better pick honestly I think it's fair to look back and think Anthony Miller and Curtis Samuel that was that was a fairly even bet one way or the other right I can't see a big reason to Doubt that I followed a good process to go Samuel over Miller. But it didn't work out. So that's one reason my team isn't as good as others. I didn't capture the right guy. And I'm okay with not getting that gut, right gut feeling. That, that, that little extra that makes you great instead of good. I just want to make sure I'm at least doing the bare minimum, right? I know what the bet is. Curtis Samuel or these other wide receiver twos that are still available. John Brown had already gone, by the way. Long gone. And by the time we get here, so I can't even like say, well, maybe you should have taken a shot on John Brown or something. Um, it was Anthony Miller, really. 
And yeah, I don't think, yeah, I'm not condemning myself for that. I don't think I made a mistake. Just didn't, I just got the wrong guy. I th I'm happy with my, my pros that got me. I did take a rookie pick and uh, like my rookie flyer in Ram 15, Denzel Mims. I just should have listened. Like the Jets are the Jets and the Jets are Jetsing. Um, so hard to blame myself. There's a lot of upside in that pick. As you look at Jefferson, as you look at CD Lamb and Judy, who have all gone much higher. Mims here, it's a decent bet, but Brandon Ayuk went next. But I'm higher on Mims's talent. Year one, maybe I should investigate if year one situation matters more for rookies, and that would have helped me. Other players I missed on because of Mims, AJ Dillon, ha, told you. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Jay Sternberger, Joshua Kelly. Going back to running back depth definitely could have helped me here instead of taking my favorite rookie flyer. But it was an upside bet, and I, I was already pre I'd taken running backs a lot higher. I wanted to go back to wide receiver. Might be a bit of a mistake here, but I'm comfortable with it. Not not like the Hooper or Cooks picks. Um, did miss out on Robbie Anderson, who went just before my next pick. And easily I could have taken him over Mims. I was just going fancy upside, right? And Justin Jackson. Uh, crap. I could have had Justin Jackson instead of Denzel Mims. That was just me trying to stick to off-season brand. But yeah, Jackson, even for me, was much higher. In redraft rankings, I would have had Sammy Watkins higher. I, I, I went too high on Denzel Mims here. It's just very clear. Um, all right, next guy, Rashad Penny. Just learn, Pete. Like, no. Who did I miss out on for taking running back depth this late? Well, everyone I just mentioned before that went that... I, probably should have focused running back depth just a little sooner a round or two sooner then I could have come back with some of my Denzel Mims or wide receiver flyers just wait just waited a little bit too long to circle back here my running back depth running backs are good my depth there is struggling a little bit especially this point in the draft next is Mohamed Sanu look everyone in this range of the draft is taking pit taking pot shots and honestly I'm not missing out on a lot Mohamed Sanu Taysom Hill the Paris Campbell guy Nearly hit, but unfortunately injuries means we don't know. Um, but yeah, my Rashad Penny pick is amply made up for the fact it's the end of round 16. And everyone's just taking flyers who mostly haven't worked out. Hunter Renfro's working out a little bit for that drafter. I'm not mad at myself for not going that way. Lower, lower upside, and I think that's going to fall off anyway. Um, Jimmy Graham. Alright, I could have gone back to tight end, I guess, but I'd already invested a lot in it with three back-to-back -back picks earlier. Nah, I don't think that was a problem. I don't think that's why my team isn't better. I think that feels like just getting the right guy for you at the right spot. Um, But maybe I should have been looking at higher at Graham, because I'm a big fan. I've been talking forever, but about how Jimmy Graham's good and that's why the tight end position on his teams tends to improve whenever he goes, even since he left New Orleans. But anyway, um, bit of a miss there. But I took Rashad Penny and Mohamed Sanu, so everything's kind of a miss here. And everyone else missed on all their flyers apart from Jimmy Graham, so I don't think that's why my team isn't better. Next, I took Kendrick Bourne, sticking with the stock up and wide receivers, and Kenny Stills. So I have double-tapped Houston, just in the wrong damn place. Damn it. I think that's... That's more luck than bad decision making. I would have liked Fuller over Cooks. I should have had it ranked that way. I think... 
I think that looks like just a mistake, unless I've got the order in which those players were drafted wrong. I'd have to go back and look at the actual draft board. Um, and then no one gets any picks, apart from some really decent flyers in here. Someone got Benny Snell in the 19th round. Solid running back depth was still available here. Um, I think Kenny Stills was a solid pick here, reason based on the way I'm constructing my team. But maybe my team construction got too much in my head and I didn't come back to running back depth quick enough. However, doing that did mean that my draft, you know, starts off strong, I really think so. Kind of gets muddy in the middle here, then a few bad picks. Round 20, honestly, I start killing it again. Marcus Valdez-Scantling, I know Alan Lazard went off last week, and so everyone like, yay, he's finally happened. But the first three weeks, MVS being, you know, having role, being a starting option for me week over week, having left wide receiver a little later... That's big time value in the 20th round. And um, yeah, I kind of love it. Next pick, Rex Burkhead. Like, yeah, that was really solid running back depth this late. After missing out on all that better running back depth earlier, this guy's been scoring like some of that. Like, I think I killed it again with that one. Um, out of nowhere, I gave up Dion Lewis to get him. Like, that was a really solid pick, I think. Yeah, I'm happy with that one. My last pick, I took Zach Pascal. I've got Kendrick Bourne. I got a pair with Zach Pascal. I am team Zach Pascal and Kendrick Bourne. So, yeah, that was going to happen. And honestly, but Rex Burkhead is the last, you know, so far big influencer on teams. Um, in my division, at least, you got Devin Anazi, Jared Stidman, just in case they actually did start him, I guess. Dion Lewis has been pretty, I mean, you're getting something out of a 21st round Running back pick, that's solid. Then you've got Case Keenum, Ido Smith, John Ross, Albert Wilson, Marcus Mariota. I think I did better with that last 21st pick than most of these so far. Someone did get Danny Amendola. Very decent wide receiver depth. Still available down here. Um, better than, you know, my... No, not better. I'd say the same, but they're getting it less than someone like Kendrick Bourne or Kenny Stills. They're just getting it a little later, and that's good value. So they did better than me there, but I'm not mad at myself over it. Then Zach Pascal, Thaddeus Moss, and Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown was really solid value there through week one, but it's since dropped off. I could have had him over Zach Pascal. And again, I've just stuck to my drafting philosophy here too much. So what do I see here? I think my team's really solid because through the most, quote-unquote, most important rounds, all the way to round four here i think i've killed killed it i think i did a really good job i wouldn't make different decisions through the first three weeks i think they've all worked out and um, i couldn't have done better alan robinson over juju maybe but again that's a uh, either or for me and i just took my shot and if i take my shot and get it wrong it's fine it's not like i didn't like alan robinson and that's why i didn't take him so that's solid and, and then round five. Oh, sorry, I love that pick too. I had it highlighted in red, but it is not red. That's a killer killer pick right there for me. Um, Kareem Hunt in round six. <laughs> Tyler Lock in round seven, I said. So it's only in round eight that my draft ran off the rails, and it went off the rails for one, two, two picks. Um, Philip Rivers is solid. I just took value. Then another pick. So I've got four or five picks here between round nine and round... 11 or so where I could have made better decisions 
I think that's solid. I, I Like, if I can do that in every league and it's not the Scott Fishbowl, I'm definitely making the playoffs in most leagues. My process is working. I'm applying it well. I'm getting the right players. I'm getting good players. Pretty happy with the way this draft went. And again, it's a Scott Fishbowl, guys. I'm not, like, top 20th, top 30th, top 40th percentile in this thing. Everyone, like, not everyone but a lot of people are playing in it so i'm real happy if i can hit the 50th percentile in it personally and having done the first seven rounds like if i could draft again right now and everyone else is taking the same they didn't have the three weeks of knowledge and i do i would take the same team maybe switch robinson and uh juju but honestly i don't know yet it's still been fairly even overall so yeah, my first seven rounds, I still wouldn't change a damn thing. And that means I think I did well. That's I guess that's one definition of doing a draft well. What value of this to you? Hopefully something. Hopefully it's fun to hear me tilt over the crappy decisions I made in some spots. I don't know. But I do think it's a valuable process right now to go back, look at a main league or a team you're doing badly at, or even a team you're doing well at, Look at the picks you got right, the picks you got wrong, and ask yourself as honestly as you can, could you have done better? But for at least four picks there, well, I think I could have done better. So I need to identify why. And at least one case, it's a dynasty bias in a redraft league. I should know better than that. Um, and try to apply that next time I'm drafting, right? It's something to write down and remember about the way I drafted this year. In this particular league, even in a league that I think I'm doing, I did a fairly good job at. I've made mistakes. Anyway, um, that's what I did. I found it interesting. I hope you did too. If you want me to break down something else, uh, your draft, I guess, maybe, or a situation preferably in the NFL, um, the way who take away players' target share or usage is getting broken down, or anything you have in mind that you're struggling with is, to really understand what's going on this year, please send it my way. I'd be happy to bring it onto the podcast. Next week, I'm hoping to have a guest and try to intersperse solo shows with guest shows. And yeah, so thanks for checking out. Hope it was interesting to some degree. Um, if, if only to laugh at my Scott Fishbowl team not, not being the best. And I will uh, talk to you again next week. Thanks again. Bye. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more. Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars. Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that eye like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.